You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Good morning. I wanted to adjust myself first before I said good morning, because I'd be like, good morning, good morning. So, good morning. Nice to see you guys. You guys are very smiley, which is great, because I had, I was, the last time I was speaking here, the first thing I saw when I looked up was, and it was discouraging straight away, but it's nice that you guys are smiling, so that's great. So, yeah, um, I am in disbelief that I am here. Um, I'm still in awe of what God has done in my life in the last couple of years, uh, I remember I first joined CLM in 2015, and um, I was a student, and I used to sit right at the back, and I was definitely the last person in here, and probably the first person out of here, regularly. And I was like, I was just ticking it off, like, come on a Sunday, just come and do what you gotta do, but I didn't really, didn't really wanna be here, if I'm completely honest. And now I can't stay away, so we thank God for what he's doing, and what he's done in my life. And um, yeah, man, I'm so, I'm so encouraged by, um, the word that the Lord has put on my heart, and so, so excited to share it with you. So um, if you are someone that likes to take notes and you want a title for today, my title is Courageous Obedience. Can we say that together? Thank you, lovely. So yes, for myself, I grew up in a Christian household, um, and obedience was something that was very, very, very well drummed inside of us um, by force. And um, <laughs> I... I, so my parents are Nigerian, and we, they didn't play any games in terms of like making us know that we had to obey them, making us know we had to obey God, and we knew it from like the, the moment we could speak. So I've always known, I've always had like a decent handle on obedience and what it means, but uh, um, I, didn't, I didn't really know what it meant to, to step out and be obedient to what God calls you to do, and to follow what he calls you to, to do with your life. Um, and the reason why I speak on courageous obedience today is because... In my own life, I've had, I'm still young. I'm only 22. Um, I don't know if I look like 17 to you, but I am 22. <laughs> um, and um, I've had some times when I've had to, to step out and be courageously obedient. And the Lord was putting on my heart, like, this is what you've got to share. This is what you've got to speak about today. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to jump into today. So, before I do go into it, I'm going to invite a few guys to help me. So, if Lisa, Anna, and Samuel can just come to the... Stage, if that's great. Whereabouts are you? Lovely. Can we give them a round of applause, please, guys? Thank you. Great. Okay. So who's, who's, who's going first? Your middle. First? Okay. If you, come, if you come here, and then Anna, you're, in, you're second, right? So if you come in the middle. And what's your name, sorry? Samuel, yes? Yes. Yeah? So if you come first. <laughs> okay. So the focus verse, we get it on the screen, if that's okay. Or scripture, focus scripture. Next slide, sorry. Thank you. Yes, uh, it's Matthew 26, verse 36 to 46. So I'll let you guys smash it. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> then, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane. Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee 
along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may the cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. When he returned to the disciples, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes the betrayer. Thank you, guys. Before you go... read so wonderfully. Thank you so much, guys. So yeah, the real reason why they came up here is because I didn't want to read for that long. So I thought they'd be better to do it. So yes, um, like I was saying, my message for today is courageous obedience. And um, this is a very, very well-known passage in the Bible to those that know about the story of Jesus. And some of you might be like, how does that link to courageous obedience? And for me, um, as I was pulling apart the text, it was very evident to me that what Jesus had to do and what he had to grapple in the Garden of Gethsemane was something very courageous. And often we look at it and we just think, like, this is what Jesus was called to do. So it was nothing to him. And he just came and he was like, yeah, no problem. I'm just going to do it. But this was, this was a wrestle for him. He had to tussle with this and he had to, he had to bring himself to, 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 to say, look, this is what I'm going to do. It's not going to be easy, but I'm going to do it. So, yeah, I'm going to unpack that. So um, I'm going to go straight into my first point for today. And my first point for today is courageous obedience involves a wrestle. So can we say that together? Courageous obedience involves a wrestle. So um, like I said, often, often as Christians, um, we look to this, this, this passage and we think about the sacrifice that Jesus made. But I think often we overlook the fact that he had to come, come, come before God and, and wrestle this, this reality and what he was going to face. Um, if I go into verse 39 in particular, um, we see Jesus ask, ask God, he says, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. And Jesus knew what he needed to do. He knew, he knew what he needed to do. He knew what the reality was that stood behind him going to the cross. But even still, he still asked God, if there's any way out, please show me. Find a way that I don't have to go to the cross. And it's not just like, okay, that happened and he, he prayed to God and and he, he knew that like, this is what he had to do and he let it go. But if we look in this passage and we look through verse 42, he came back again and he asked the same question. He said, my father, if it isn't possible, may this cup be taken from me. And for me, I thought to myself, like when I initially read the passage, I thought, okay, he's asked two times now. You know, sometimes if you go ask your parent for something two times, it's enough now. You stop, do you know what I mean? But Jesus wasn't done. He came back a third time and he said, <sighs> he said the same thing. 
He kept saying the same thing. And Jesus, the only man that ever lived that was perfect and knew what was to come, still asked and pleaded on his knees and asked God, please, if there's a way, show me. Show me a way out of this. But nonetheless, the reason why this passage is so, is so striking to me is because even in consideration of all of that, Jesus still said to, he said to God, he prayed to God and he said, this is, the, this is the way I want out, but not my will, but your will. I do want a way out. I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to die, but not my will, your will. And sometimes I feel like it can be very easy for us to, to look at Jesus and think, oh, well, that was Jesus. You know, he had to do it. If not, then, you know, we wouldn't be here. If not, there's not salvation for the world. And, of course, none of us are ever going to have to grapple with the level of, of, of the, the amount that Jesus had to wrestle with. However, we all have our own individual things in our own life that we're going to have to wrestle with. And we're going to have to come before God and say, Lord, not my will, but your will. And it's not that easy. It's not that easy at all. It's very easy to look at Jesus and, and celebrate what he's done. But when Jesus puts something in our own life that, he, that we know we need to, to lay down and follow him, we're like, ah, nah, you're all right. You can hold that. I don't, I don't want to lay that down. So for, for some of you, you might be in school. And, you know, there might be, like for some of our younger ones, there might be a new kid on the playground. And he's just getting bullied. Because it happens to new people often. When someone's different, they, they pick an easy target. And you see that and you know it's not good. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and telling you, like, I need to step up, I need to help this young person. And you know that there's a possibility that if you do step in and help them, you might become the victim. Or you might be the one that looks uncool. But you know and you wrestle with the fact that, but this is what Jesus wants me to do. This is what I should do. And that's your, that's your, that's your wrestle. That's your time to wrestle with, with, with whether you do what God is calling you to do or whether you do what seems easier or what, what pleases the flesh, if you will. Or some of you might be in secondary school or college or, or sixth form, whatever it may be, and you, you're in a class. I think we all know. You're in a class and there's a supply teacher in. And I know some of you, when a supply teacher comes in, you have a field day. Hey, you say free lesson. Hey, hey. But that's the time in particular where I feel like Jesus is prodding you, the Holy Spirit is prodding you and saying, be a good example. Be a light. Don't blend in with the rest of them. And you know that. But you're like, I could take a day off here. Science, nah, you're right. But I feel like that's the opportunity for us to just step out now and say, look, I'm going I'm, to, it might be a wrestle, but I'm going to step out and I'm going to follow what God is calling me to do here. And for some of us that are, are grown up in here. We might be in relationships that we know that God has said to us, you need to step out of this relationship. This relationship isn't for you. And God has put his finger up on it. And he's been prodding us and telling us, walk away, walk away. And you, and you, you, you may come to church, you, you may see friends, and as soon as you see them, it reminds you of it. Because you see that glimpse of God and you're like, ah, this isn't for me, but you're wrestling with it. You're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay here. And that's your chance to, to accept what God is calling you to do fighting the rest of one, be like, I'm going to follow God. So the reason why I, I, I share those, those examples is because it may not be comparable to what Jesus went through, but we all have things that we face and we wrestle too. For me, it was in my last year of university. So I finished um, university last year and I studied law and uh, I was there for a while. It was a shift. I was there for four years. And maybe for some of you that are, that are studying things like medicine, that's nothing to you. But for me, that was tough. So I came, I've been here for four years, moved to Coventry, left my family back in Essex, and um, it came up to my final year. 
and I didn't really feel, everyone was applying for jobs. Everyone was like, yeah, got my LPC ready, yeah, yeah. Got my graduate scheme. And they were like, Gabs, what are you applying for? I said, nothing. And they said, what are you going to do after, mate? I said, to be honest, guys, uh, I, don't really, I don't really feel any peace to, to apply. And to many people that are, especially those that are non-Christian, that makes no sense to them. They're like, mate, you paid money to come and study, so apply for the job. And I, and I, I, I had to grapple with that myself because I was thinking to myself, yeah, that's true, but I don't feel any peace in this decision. It, it came to a time when, you know, when you get the careers fairs, they come to you, and we went to the careers fairs. Every person I spoke to at a stool, and they, they spoke to me about what I had to go on to do as a lawyer, and I was just like, this isn't for me. And this was tough because I just, I've, I've been, any of you that have studied at any capacity, you know what it's like when revision season is in and you are sweating. The gray hairs are starting to come. And I went through that four times. And that's just uni. Let's, let's not talk about GCSE and everything before. And I get to the end of it now and I'm like, so is this wasted? Is this for nothing? And that was very tough for me, but, but I, could, I could sense that God was telling me that, that this isn't for you. But the tough, I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but sometimes God might put his finger on something because this isn't for you, and you're, and you're just there like, okay, what is then? <laughs> and I kept waiting. I said, God, what is it? Came here every Sunday, see, see, see friends, see, see brothers and sisters in church, and they're like, oh, Gabs, it's coming to an end. Where are you going next? Some of you will probably remember this time last year. People were like, oh, what's, what's happening, Gabs? Are you going back home? Are you staying? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But after a while, I, kept, I felt God was putting in my heart that I should start to declare that I was going to be in Coventry. And that was tough for me. Because people were like, we have a CLM football team that like they mentioned, and they were talking about the team for next season. And uh, Nathan, Steve, the managers were asking me, what are you going to do? Are you going to play? I said, I'm going to be in the team. I'm going to be there. Bear in mind, I've got no job. I've got no house. But I said, I'm going to be in the team. That's my first declaration. After that, I came to church on Sunday. Someone was like, oh, you know, we're going to have, you know, when we come back for Ignite, are you going to be here? I said, I will be. But as I said it more and more, I felt peace. And I was like, I don't know what, but I think it's Coventry. So I just carried on. I carried on declaring it. I carried on saying, I'll be in, I'll be in Coventry. And um, I, I kept praying. And if I'm honest with you, I, I declared these things with a bit of fear. I was scared. But by the same, by the same token, deep down, there was a peace. You know? So, so I remember one day, it was, it was Good Friday service. I was, just, I was just having the time of my life in the presence of God. I was enjoying myself. Came to the end, we had a crossover here, me and my life group were just taking pictures, just loving it. And um, I was going home that same day, and um, Pastor Martin caught me in the corner here. I didn't really know Pastor Martin at all at this point, so I'm sure some of you can relate, but I was scared. <laughs> I was like, why is he asking me to talk one-on-one? -on -one? <laughs> I quickly went in my catalogue in my memory, and I just said, what have I done in Ignite? <laughs> what have I done? What have I done? And I couldn't think of what it was. So... So I just had to hope that it was all good. But he, he, we ended up speaking, and he was like, I don't know you that, that well. I'm going to paraphrase. I don't remember the exact conversation. But um, I don't know you that well. I'm just going off the leading of the Holy Spirit. And we want to offer you an internship here. And remember, I haven't, haven't had... I've, I've, I've been saying to myself, okay, I want to stay in Coventry. I don't know how it's going to come. So when I heard an opportunity to stay, he could have told me to be, to be anything. He could have told me to be a shoe shiner. I would have been smiling. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So when he spoke, the first thing I did, I was just smiling. And I've never said this to Pastor Martin, but what he said after, after that, for the next two minutes, I didn't hear a word. <laughs> I was just like, wow, thank God. There's a way to stay in Coventry. So when I got home, I tried to remember what was he actually saying. Inter internship, 
placement, something like that. So um, I did listen a bit past mine. But um, yeah, I was just excited because I, 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 I was starting to feel the benefits of being courageously obedient, of stepping out and saying things that God is putting in my heart. And I was starting to understand what it meant now to follow what God put in your heart. And he'll meet you there. And he met me where I was. And of course, I had to go home. I had to speak about it with my mom and my brothers and seek their counsel. But I knew what I was going to do already. I was staying in Coventry. No, I'm joking. I did pray about it. I prayed about it. And, and I spent time before God and really brought it before him and thought, is this for me, Lord? But I don't think I would have got to that place if I didn't start declaring it a month ago, or two, or two months ago. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have got to that place. If when I, got, when I was in January and I was in exam season and I was like, this isn't for me, but I want to remain in Coventry, I don't think this would have opened up. So that was just an opportunity for me to be courageously obedient and I saw the benefit. So for you to be courageously obedient, another thing that's required is for you to understand that it's only between you and God. No one else can be courageously obedient for you. No one else can, can say to you, okay, everyone else, you can, have, you can have the best of friends. And they can, like, they can be believers of God and they say to you, look, I think this is for you. Follow what God has put upon your heart. And I can have people on the other side like, mate, you came to study law. I don't know how much you're in debt, but you have to be serious and follow that path. And I, can, and I can't say necessarily that either are bad advice. You know what I mean, I have, to, I have to come before myself and say, what is God calling me to do? I need to make that choice. And I had to make that choice for myself. And it's the same as we see in Matthew 26 as, as well. Um, in, verse, in verse 43, Jesus went back to his disciples and after finding them sleeping again, he went back and prayed for a third time, like I said. And I'm not saying that by any means Jesus assumed that the, that the disciple was going to help him carry his cross. However, I'll just step out of the story for a second. Parents, is there ever a, t ever a time when you ask your children to do something, maybe at, late at night, and you come back and they're sleeping? Never? You just come back and they just sleep and say, like, you know what, I'll do it myself. If you're not going to do it, I'll do it myself. Or you ask them about three times, and you're just like, I'll do it myself. And it's not that, like I said, it's not that Jesus was under the assumption that the disciples were going to come and help him carry, carry the cross and do that journey for him. But I feel like at that moment, it became more evident to him that he was alone. He was going to have to face this alone. He might have had people around him and people that would be, him, be there even when he got arrested. But going to the cross, carrying that cross, dying for the sins of the world, no one was going to do that with him. He was going to face that between him and God alone. And once again for myself, I... I've, I looked at this and I said to myself, in the, in the situation of me going through my internship and what I journeyed, did I face it alone? Did I face it with people? And my mind went back to, I think it was about March last year, so this time last year. And I was in, I was, I was in my room and I was, before God, this is, like, I was down. And I was just like, God, I don't really want to go back home, okay? I have... I have all my, I'm building relationships here. I'm getting brothers and sisters here. By the end of the day, I do want to do what you're calling me to do. And I was waiting. I was waiting, waiting for an answer, waiting for, for something, some sort of sign. And like I said, I, I, eventually, Pastor Martin did ask me, like, is this something that, you're, that you'd consider to do? But even when I received that, the internship was on the table. The opportunity was on the table. But it was only me that was going to be able to accept it. I could go home to my parents, and they could say what they're going to say. And mom could say, look didn't we send you to uni to become a lawyer? Now you want to go and work in the church. What's going on? And to be honest with you, that was a conversation that, that went down. And that discouraged me. That sowed seeds of, of doubt. And it wasn't because my mom doesn't care for me. My mom loves me. But the last she heard, I was going to be a lawyer. 
So as a parent, you're going to care and check what's going on here. If, you're, if your child is, I don't know, if your child goes to uni and is studying law and they come back to you and they say, and they say okay, I'm going to take a job in engineering, initially you're going to be like, what's going on? You're going to want to know what's going on. So that was one side of it. And the other side of it was people, people in church in and around me, they were telling me like, I know you've done law, but it's not everything. Everything's not in the money. What is God putting on your heart? I can see gifts in you. I can see the Lord is placing things upon you. And I was like, oh, this is true, but couldn't I do that and law at the same time? You know, couldn't I do part-time? And the Lord was like, no, you choose one or the other. And that was, that was a tough reality for me to, to be like, I've got to go one way, you know? And I faced it then and I faced it alone, but I'm still facing it alone now. It's not like, okay, I took the decision now, and now since I've taken it on, people are helping me carry my load. But I don't, I don't face that with, with sadness or with sorrow because I know the Lord will take care of that if I follow what he's called me to do. And once again, it comes to a situation where it's very easy to hear of what Jesus did, but sometimes when it looks, we look to ourselves, we're like, I don't think I can relate because I've got people around me. I've got friends around me. I've got a life group. And it's true. We do, and we pride ourselves on life groups in this church, and they're so important and people around that will lift you up. However, if you think about it like this, you, the Lord is putting on your heart that you know, you're not stewarding your money well. You should be paying your tithes. And you're like, yeah, I could be, but you have your reasonings as to why, why you can't and, and, and what, what need is, is there. And your friends can tell you, look, this is what you should do. The Lord, will, the Lord will free you up. The Lord will provide for you if you do that. But at the end of the day, they can say what they want, but it's going to come between you and God if you're going to give that 10% or not. No one is going to do it for you. And it's a tough subject to, 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 to go to because sometimes it's like, that's my money. <laughs> I don't want to give that away. And sometimes that's what God will come for. The things that we're holding close, the things that we'll put before him, the things that we look at as bigger and greater than him. And to me, at the time, that was my, that was my university degree. I looked at it like, look, this is what my life is based on. This is what I'm going to do with my life. This is how I make money, this is how I provide for my, my family, etc., etc. So a lot of the time, God will come for the things that we are holding nearest and dearest and see how much we really care for him, how much we really love him, how much we really want to follow him. Another example can be for you, for you guys that are at school. Like when I was at school, there was, a, there was a corner shop renowned for just being, every day it was stolen from, every single day. Everything in the shop was stolen. I don't know if they made any money. It was very, very tragic. And people after school used to go to that, that store and fill up their blazer pockets and just be like, look, field day today, I'm eating sweets. And they just, they just leave. And I used to be in that situation and say to myself, like, do I join them or do I do what I know God is calling me to do and not be one that, that like, takes part in theft or takes property that is not for me? And some of you might face that reality in your schools. You might go out with some friends and they partake in things that you know God is calling you not to take part in. And you have to ask yourself at that point, Am I going to do it? Or am I going to step out and be an example, step out and be what God is calling me to be? And it's a tough decision because we, we all know that if you do that, your friends will be like, you're a bit soft. Your friends will be like, this guy's not cool. He shouldn't be with us anymore. And that's, and that's the reality that sometimes you're going to have to face. But at the end of the day, no one can make that decision for you but yourself. They can't say to you, look, you know, yeah, I think you know what you should do. You should separately decide not to steal and will steal and see you later. That's not going to happen. It's going to be you that's going to have to stand up and say, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It's a sole decision. And that leads me into my third and final point, which is a courageous obedience unlocks purpose. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, courageous obedience unlocks purpose. 
that was ridiculously quiet. Turn to your other neighbor, courageous obedience unlocks purpose. Great, great, great. <laughs> um, I've just seen if you guys are still awake. Yeah, um, for me, oh, well, when I was growing up for sure, and I think some of us still, the first thing I thought about when I thought about Jesus was Christmas. I thought, you know, Christmas, all the celebrations, all that comes of it, and it's, it's, all good. it's all good and well, and it's a time to celebrate, but Jesus didn't come alone for Christmas. Jesus came so that you and I would be free. Jesus came so that we have an opportunity for eternal life. That's what he came for. But one thing that is important to understand that in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus wrestled with this, as I mentioned earlier. He wrestled with what was to come, wrestled with our salvation. He wrestled with all this. He knew that if we have two billion Christians in the world, odd, give or take, and without Jesus taking a decision and saying, look, I'm going to choose the Father's will over my own, we don't have that. We don't have that. That's a decision he had to make voluntarily. He wasn't forced to do so. Like I said, often we were like, okay, yeah, you know, Jesus went through the paces, done what he had to do, but take away his wrestle, take away him deciding to, to follow what God, what God did, you and I don't have an opportunity to be free. We live and we walk in darkness, but because of him and because of his sacrifice, we walk in freedom. And Hebrews talks about, you know, Jesus did this because of the joy set before him. He knew what was to come. So he endured the cross. And it, it took my mind to like a, um, a contrasting story in the Bible about the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler asked Jesus, like, how do I, how do I get eternal life? And Jesus, Jesus explained to him, like, go and sell your possessions and give it to the poor. And he wasn't able to do it. And the bit that's most compelling about it is that he said he, he went away sad. So if I just take that and apply it to ourselves, there could be something that, that, that God is asking you to lay down or will ask you to lay down. And you may say no. You may be like, that's not what I'm going to do. Like, I'm, I can't lay that down, Lord. This is too big for me to lay down. But as we see in the story, the rich young ruler went away sad. And if we don't lay down these things for God, in time, if not instantly, we will be saddened. Um, last week, if you, if you wasn't here, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark Fletcher spoke about the road to well done and how, you know, we should live come at the end of our lives, and God, and God say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. But we'll be fooling ourselves if we feel like we'll get to that place without having to, to show an element of courageous obedience. It's, it's not going to happen. There's going to be a time when God is going to tell you to lay something down in order to achieve what he's, he's brought you on this earth to do. And it's going to take courageous obedience to be able to do that. And for some of us, it could be it could be everyday sin. It could be some things that we're, we're struggling to lay down. By the end of it, if, if we choose that over God in time, we will look back and say, ah, I shouldn't have done that. Or we, we may not stand with the opportunity to do that. And God may not tell you to sell your possessions. I'm not saying he's going to do that to you. He may, he may not. But there is something in your life that he's asked you to or he's going to ask you to lay down. You may be able to identify that right now. But at some point, he's going to ask you to lay it down for him. And lay it down for you to walk in his, in his purpose for, you, for your life. And you have to ask yourself, am I going to do that or not? Am I going to lay down what God is calling me to lay down so he, so he can unlock my purpose? He can show me what he's called me to do on this earth. What I thought was so great is that it wasn't on the screen earlier, but in the later verses in Matthew 26, there was a moment where um, that when they arrested Jesus, um, his companion drew his sword. He was ready to go all out. In fact, he cut off one of the... Uh, the God's ears. And Jesus told him to put away his sword. And for me, I was thinking, like, if these guys are trying to fight for you, they're trying to war for you, what's the issue? Let them do what they got to do. Right? But Jesus said to him, 
And this was so convincing to me. Do, do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more, tw- more than 12 legions of angels? 12 legions of angels. And Jesus, and Jesus knew the reality that if he wanted a way, he could do it like that. It wasn't a problem. He could step out. He could call for help instantly. But what he went on to say after that was so important. He said, he was basically saying, if that's the case, how then would the scriptures be fulfilled? He knew what was to come. He knew that our salvation was on the line. He knew that an opportunity for us to be part of the family of God was on the line. And he was ready to take the hit. He was ready to lay it down. Once again, I say that I'm not comparing our struggles, our wrestles to his. But it's something you're going to have to lay down. And it's important for us to know that it's bigger than us. There's a purpose you're called, called here for, but there's going to be some things in your life that you're going to have to lay down in order to walk in that. And for me, like, as I was prepping through today, I was thinking about the journey that I've had and, and um, what I've been through since I started the internship and throughout the whole of uni. And one thing I did ask myself when I was about to take, take, accept the internship, I said, this is what I want to do. I was questioning, like, will I regret this? That was one of the biggest questions on my life, like, on my, my heart, on my mind. Will I regret this? Is this something I'm going to come back and say, I shouldn't have done that? And thank God I can say right now that there's no regret at all. I walk in peace and thanks for what God has done in my life. I can see now that I'm walking in my purpose. It doesn't mean that I've unlocked everything and I've achieved everything. I, I feel like I'm only scratching the surfaces, if I'm honest. I feel like there's a lot more that God's going to do. But I believe that if I surrender... And if I lay down my life, he'll be glorified through my life. And I think that's what he's calling all of us to do, to lay down your life so he can be glorified through your life. That's what he wants, and that's what he's asking of us. And I have to ask myself, if I go through this year, if I journey, and I'm getting laughed at, I'm getting questioned, I'm not getting paid, will I still be like, I'm going to follow the Lord? I'm going to follow what he's called me to do. I'm going to allow him to unlock the purpose in my own life. So, like I said, I know there's, there's many of us in here that this would resonate with. We know, we know things in our life that we have to lay down, that we have to say, look, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry, and it's time for me to put this down and follow you, to pick up my own cross. And for that reason, I'm going to give us an opportunity to respond today. So if we could all just bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you're here today and God has shown or highlighted something in your life that you need to surrender. That you need to submit to his will over and lay down at the cross and say, God, I'm going to obey you. And you don't want to be like the rich young ruler and walk away sad because you couldn't gather the courage to submit to what God has asked you to do and obey his instructions. So, if that's you and that resonates with you and you're ready to, to lay down what God, is, what, what God has called you to lay down and follow what he's called you to follow, I wonder if you could just stand right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Okay, I'm going to pray. Anyone else? Jesus, thank you for your unrivaled example of surrender. Thank you that when we choose to obey you, we can start to see our purpose be unlocked. And Father, I thank you for your children that are standing, standing in response today, that you love so much, that, you, that, you, that, they, that know they need to surrender your, their will to yours, Father God. And I ask, Father God, that you do a deep work in their hearts, that you give them the courage and the boldness to follow you, Lord. And I, and I pray for a peace, Father God, as they say, Lord, not my will, but your will. In Jesus' name. And I wonder if we could all just stand. The guys that stood, you can stay standing. The rest of us, if we stand together as well. And there may be some others in here where you may not be wrestling things on a day-to-day basis right now, or you may not be going through something right now, but you do want to live a life that is courageously obedient. You do want to live a life that is laid down, and it's like, look, Lord, when you call me, I'm ready to go. And once again, I'm going to ask us to close our eyes. And if that's you, I'm going to encourage you to lift your hands high and make a bold stand right now and say, I'm going to follow you courageously, Lord. I'm going to pray. Father, thank you that you are a faithful God. That you call us to obey you, not to limit us, Lord, but to set us, Father God, free into your, into your purpose for our lives, Father God. And I pray that as we step forward into the different seasons of our lives and we face opportunities to submit or refuse your will, I pray, Lord, that you will give us a trust and a faith to follow you, Lord. A trust and a faith to know, Father God, that your way is higher than our way, Father God. That you have our best interests at heart. And I pray, Lord, that we'll step out, Father God, obey you and be courageously obedient. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.